return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. In His presence. You know, the Bible says in the presence of God there is fullness of joy and at His right hand there are pleasures evermore. Um, I just want us to bow down our heads for a word of prayer as we do today's Bible study. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks, we give you praise, we give you honor and exalt thy name for today. We bless you for bringing us into your presence. It is our prayer that you, you feed us with your word. It's our prayer that you equip us, O Lord. It is our prayer that you strengthen us and transform our lives, O God, even before we leave. And we commit this Bible study into your hands that Holy Spirit take control, bring us understanding of your word, and let us be blessed at the end of the day. All glory and honor will be given to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we, we bless God once again, and God bless you for coming. Um, today our Bible study discussion will be living as a witness. Living as a witness. So when you read Matthew 28, 19 and, 20, 19 and 20, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Amen. So, so this is Jesus, we all know. It's popularly called the, the Great Commission. You know, when Jesus was ascending to heaven, this was the last word he gave to his disciples. He gave them a mandate. He gave them a task. He gave them a responsibility. He wanted them to be witnesses of him. So, Bible says that God, you know, created us far ahead of time and he has given us the opportunity to do good works. And one of the greatest works we can do as children of God who have been saved, children of God, who, you know, have been brought out of darkness into the marvelous light of God. We have tasted of the goodness of God. One of the mandates that God has given to us is to evangelize, is to reach out to people with the word, is to be witnesses of Jesus Christ, witnesses of the gospel. When you look at the, the Greek root meaning of the, of the word evangelism, it talks about good news, gospel. Okay, so... so we evangelizing or we witnessing is, is proclaiming the good news about Christ. Proclaiming the gospel of Christ, his incarnation, his life, his death, his resurrection, and his lordship. You know, to others, for them to know that it is good to be in the Lord. So, one of our greatest mandates as children of God is to be witnesses. You know? And, and when, when you look at the actual meaning of a witness, a witness is somebody who has seen an event happen. Okay? who has seen an event take place. It could be a crime. It could be an accident. You know, a first eyewitness. You know, somebody who saw it happen. But you look at us, and we are like over 2,000 years, far removed from when Jesus Christ came, you know, 
and did all the great exploits, died and resurrected. We are like over 2,000 years far removed from it. So many generations have come and gone. And the question is, can we indeed be true witnesses? Because we didn't see it. We, didn't, we weren't there when it all happened. You know, the, the answer is yes. Even though we didn't see it firsthand. Even though we, we weren't there when Jesus did all these things. We can still be true witnesses of the gospel. We can still be true witnesses of Christ. And, and how can we do that? We can do that when we, you know, read the scriptures. You know, when we see the works he has done. When we see what, you know, grace has brought to mankind. When the law was killing man. When there was no way out for us. When we were condemned to death. But thanks be to the Lord that he gave his son, Jesus Christ, to save you and I. We now have hope. We have now been saved. We have now been reconciled back to God. So from the word of God, we can stand on the word of God and be a witness of Christ. You know, telling people about Jesus Christ. And that is why Second Timothy, Paul was admonishing Timothy that he should study to show himself approved as a workman who needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We can only be true witnesses when we study the word of God when we know the word of God as it is, so we can tell others about the love of God. You know, and, and one other way we can also be true witnesses or living witnesses of, of God is, is, is what Christ himself has done in our lives. You know, we have seen what he did you know, with, with all the people in scriptures. You know, uh, Mary Magdalene, who was infested with so many demons, came to Christ. These demons were taken away. She became a partner in, Christ, in, in, in Jesus Christ's mission, you know, helping with the word and all that. She became an ardent member of the church, you know, and how Christ brought peace into his life. You know, we can talk about all these things, but I believe that as children of God, as individuals, irrespective of what we have read in scripture, personally, we have had an encounter with Christ. Personally, we have a story. Personally, we have a testimony. We can, we can be true witnesses. We can be living witnesses of Christ using our story. You know, it's not just about what he did for, for Nicodemus or what he did for Zacchaeus or what he did for Peter and John, you know, but what he did for Levi, what he did for me. You know, when I was in the world, what I was into, the life I was in, and when I came into Christ, what he has done in me. We can, we can use our life, you know, as, 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 as true witnesses of, of Christ. So when you read the book of John, chapter 9, verse, verse, verse 25, you know, said he replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. You know, this is, this is someone's personal testimony about Christ, you know, to, to, to the scribes and to the Pharisees. When they were trying to discredit Jesus Christ, this man had been born blind, and he was always begging for money. When you read the earlier verses, the Bible says that, you know, one time Jesus was passing by with his disciples, and then the disciples asked, this, this predicament of this, this blind man, is it because he has sinned or his parents have sinned? And he said that it's not because any of them have sinned, but it's because the glory of God has to be seen. And Bible says Jesus spat, you know, on the soil, made mud, you know, smeared it on the eyes, and told him to go and wash his face, in the pool of Siloam, and lo and behold, he did that, and his eyes was opened. And everybody was amazed about this testimony. Everybody was amazed about this sight. All those who knew him, he was over 40 years 
they have known him to be blind all his life. But one day he meets a man who has changed his life forever. And the Bible says that because of that, they took him to the synagogue. And, and they showed him to the Pharisees. And they were doubting it because it was Sabbath. And they were saying that Jesus is a sinner because you can't be doing this you know, in the Sabbath. And, and, and they said they don't believe him. They called his parents to come in and, and testify whether indeed he was blind when he was born. And say yes, he, we, we gave birth to him blind. But because they were afraid of what the Pharisees would do to them, they said that as for how he got healed, we have no idea about it. He's 40 years, he can't talk for himself. They just wanted to, you know, excuse themselves so that they will not be, 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 be targeted by the Pharisees. And then he said that, yes, this man healed me. He told me to, he put mud in my eyes, asked me to wash my face in the pool, and then my blindness was gone. This is my testimony. And they were saying that this guy is a sinner. He's a blasphemous guy. You can't be talking about him. He said that, I don't care whether he's a sinner or not. All that I know is that I was blind, but now I see. And he kept on propagating the gospel until they sacked him out of the synagogue because he was making too much noise. He was telling people about his encounter with Jesus. What Jesus had, had done for him. You know, what Jesus had done for him. So we all have stories, you know, you know ever since you believed. You know, I remember some time ago on Facebook, Darcy wrote a very nice piece about how she was into, like, alcoholism, how she could drink and, you know, mess up and all that and... and and the beauty in Jesus Christ when, he was, when she, she got saved and how Christ has transformed her life. And then she was just projecting, telling people that you could put your hope and trust in Jesus. You know, it makes us witnesses of Christ with our testimonies. You know, you were somebody who maybe when you were born, you had low self-esteem. But you see, when you come into Christ, the word of God teaches you. The word of God, you know, admonishes you. He, he tells you that you are the apple of his eye. You, you, are, you are valuable. You, know, you, are, you, are, you are somebody who, who means much to him. We are his workmanship. We are his finest you know, tool he has made. It gives you some sense of encouragement. And now you do not look down upon yourself anymore. You can tell the world that this was who I was. But when Christ came into my life, he has changed my life forever. So he has called us to be witnesses. And, and even though you may not know the word of God, your encounter with Christ can make you a good witness of God. There were some people who were always grumpy and angry. They always had a bad dis, you know, disposition. They are not happy about anything. But when they come into Christ, you know, the joy of the Lord fills their heart. All of a sudden, some unusual happiness, some unusual joy, some unusual satisfaction drops deep down within their spirits and begins to reflect in their daily lives. And people begin to look at them and tell them that you used to be like this. But now I see a great change in your life. And you tell them that Jesus Christ or the joy of the Lord has now become my strength. You tell the person about Jesus. So it makes us, you know, witnesses of Christ. And maybe you, may have, you might have been sick, you know, but you were healed. You know, you can be um, somebody who witness about Christ with our, with, our, with our testimonies. And when you read John chapter 4 verse 28, it talks about the Samaritan woman, you know, Bible says that she left her jar. The woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I did. Could this be the Messiah? You know, Jesus has this encounter with this woman. She knew the scriptures. She knew about her forefathers, Jacob. You know, 
Um, Jesus wanted water, and she didn't want to give her water because Jews and Samaritans have nothing in common. And he tells her that if, if you know the one who is asking you of this, you know, you would have asked me. I would have given you, you know, waters, you know, living waters. And, and she begins to ch- he begins to change the mindset of this woman with the word of God. So it was no longer about what she had read, you know, talking about the fact that her predecessors served on the mountain, worshipped God on the mountain, but you Jews are saying that you, you worship God in Jerusalem. And Jesus Christ was telling him that the time is coming and the time is now, that the true worshippers of God will worship him in truth and in spirit. She, 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 she no longer, you know, thought about the things she had read and, 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 and knew. She was now focusing on that encounter she had with Christ. So now she could go out and tell people that this is the man I have encountered. He has told me everything about my life. Could this be the Messiah? So with our life and what we have been through and how far God has brought us and how far God has saved us, you and I can be true witnesses of God. So this is a big mandate God has given to us. But most often it looks as if this mandate has been left aside. People feel that they cannot be witnesses because, and they believe that this, this, this whole idea about evangelizing and witnessing to people is, is, for, the, is for the so-called men of God, is of the clergy, the pastors. But no matter who you are, the mere fact that you have been saved and, and called into the household of God, you, you, you qualify to be a witness of the gospel, even with your life. You know, and most often it's, it's because of fear. It's because of fear. The fear... One is the fear of people saying, I, but I do not have any message. What am I going to tell someone, you know, or not knowing what to say? The second fear is the fear of being rejected and people not, like, believing what you are saying. But one thing I want us to, like, understand is that our role as witnesses is simply to tell the story. You and I have nothing else to do than to just tell the story. Tell the story about the love of Christ. Tell the story about how Jesus can change your life. Tell the story about how God has anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power that he's able to do good. He doesn't just save you from your sins, but then the salvation that he gives to you is like a package. That brings healing to your body. That brings healing to your soul. That brings peace of mind to you. Yours is to just project the story. And then the one who should be concerned with about changing the heart is God. And when we have this mentality, we will not have fear. Ours is just to carry the message and leave the Holy Spirit or leave God to, 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 to do the work. So when you read 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 to 7, you know, Paul, Paul, Paul was really pissed off with the church in Corinth. You know, when you read the, the, the preceding verses, he, he was very disappointed in the church because he was thinking by now, looking at the investment they had invested in the church with the word of God, with prayer and all that, he was expecting that by now they would have gone on to maturity. They would have been like um, believers who are cracking wounds and not still needing to be fed with milk. And because there was so much rancor in the church, there was so much animosity, people fighting against each other, and this thing was not to be found in the house of God. And he was like really embittered telling them about all these things. And the fact that some church members has, had taken stance. You know, some said I'm for Apollos, some said I'm for, I'm for Peter. And then Peter was telling, telling them that, 
all these things you are talking about doesn't really make sense. He said that I, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes this grow. This is just to tell you the fact that yours is to just preach the word. You know, he came to start the church, Apollos came to water. But you see, the total transformation of their being as, as children of God, their, their, their receptiveness to the word of God is actually dependent on God, not him, Peter or, or Apollos. You know, so it is God who actually brings the increase. So if you are gripped with fear, just tell yourself that, God, I am just a tool. You know, I'm just a tool. You are the one who can convict. You know, it doesn't matter when you, when you tell the person Jesus loves you and the person doesn't mind you. Even in the sleep of that person, when he goes back, the Holy Spirit can still, you know, re-echo the word in the heart of the person and change the person. So, so, so let's know that this work is not our work. It's actually the, the changing work is actually the changing, is, the, is done by God, not us. We just carry the word. And, and John says something, he said that when God is lifted up, he will draw men unto himself. So just speak the word. Just tell somebody about Christ. And as you lift the name of Jesus to that person, God will draw that person to himself. So ours is just to talk about the grace of God, talk about the peace that Jesus brings, talk about how there is nothing in the enemy, there is nothing in the world, and, and there is everything in Jesus Christ. And, and, and God will do the work. And, and, and one, one reason why people also fear is, is sometimes it's because we believe that, like one, we believe that we are the one doing the transformation. But it's actually the Holy Spirit. So for us to live as witnesses, for us to be effective as, as, as witnesses, we actually really need the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is vital for effective witnessing. When you read Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it said that, but you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You know, this is Jesus Christ who is talking to his disciples. You know, all, they had, all that they thought was that Jesus was coming to take back the kingdom from the Romans and give it back to the Jews. You know, they were thinking about this physical kingdom. You know, so when you read scriptures, I think the verse 6 and, and the 7, Bible says that they, they asked Jesus, so... He said, that, Master, is it now the time for you to restore the kingdom to Israel? And in verse 7, Jesus was telling them that it is not for you to know the times or the season that the Master has set for himself. You know, he was just trying to tell them that the kind of kingdom you are talking about is not this early kingdom. But rather, God wants to give you a mandate. And this mandate is witnessing. He said that, but you shall receive power. So forget about thinking about this kingdom. And know that God is giving you a mandate. And this mandate is that he wants to make you witnesses. In, 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 in Judea, in Jerusalem, in Samaria, and to the ends of the world. But for you to be able to do this, you need the empowerment and the emboldenment of the Holy Spirit. So for us to be true witnesses of God, for us to be, not to be, to be shy or not to fear, but to, to tell someone about Christ, we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Because it is he who does the conviction. It is he who changes. We are just tools. It is he who changes. So we need the Holy Spirit. And, and you know, we look at these disciples and we realize that they were first eyewitnesses to the works and the exploits of Jesus Christ. 
you know, they were with him when he did his first miracle of turning water into wine. They were with him when he, he finally, you know, ascended to heaven and, and gave them this word. So they, they saw him do all the miracles, you know, raising the dead, healing the sick, bringing peace, you know, into the lives of people. They saw it firsthand. And I believe that in the natural sense, they don't need any encouragement to go out to be an effective witness. You know, if you're a first eyewitness, if you see it happen, you know, the way you talk about it is different from somebody who was told. So, so they could have just told people about what they had seen Christ do, what he has done, and for that matter, he is Lord, and he need, people need to accept him into their hearts. But Jesus realized that they will not be effective. They will not be, be effective in, in this mandate of, of being a witness unless they are empowered with the Holy Spirit. Unless they are empowered with the Holy Spirit. So it means that for us, who are like 2,000 years far off, like far removed from this, this um, event, we even need the Holy Spirit more and more. Even those who, who were first eyewitnesses of all that Christ has done, you know, Christ realized that they are not capable enough to carry the message far. They are not capable enough to witness about him. Then how were you and I? You know, generations have come and gone. You know, people are diluting the message over and over and over and over and over again. Then as for us, we need the Holy Spirit more and more. So in John 14, he said that I'm not going to leave you orphans, but I'm going to give you the helper, who is the Holy Spirit. He's going to remind you everything that I have taught you. And, and as the Holy Spirit, you know, expands the word of God to people, we become effective witnesses of Jesus Christ. So, we really need the Spirit of God. Each and every time, when we wake up, let's tell ourselves, God, thank you for this day you have given to me. I want to be an effective witness of you. Holy Spirit, be my strength. Holy Spirit, be my help. And he's going to help us. He's going to help us. And that is why he told them to wait in, in Jerusalem to receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and when you read Luke chapter 12, verse 11 and 12, Luke chapter 12, 11 and 12. He said that when you are brought before synagogues, rulers and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time, at that time, what you should say. So if, if we can indeed be witnesses of God, we really need the Holy Spirit. You know, people said, I don't have the message. I don't know what to say. But Bible is making us understand. Jesus said that, even if you do not know what to say, the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what to say. The message will not be change or else you go to hell. No. But the message is that Jesus loves you. You know, and, and, and that is the work of the Holy Spirit. He gives you the particular word in season to tell that person to witness about Christ to, to, to someone. To witness about Christ to someone. So he, he gives us, he, he emboldens us he, he gives us the power to witness. At the same time, he tells us and teaches us what to say at every point in time. In Acts chapter 4, verse 8 to 12, Peter and John, after the, after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, met this lame man at a beautiful gate. You know, and they minister Christ to the person. He gets healed. And everybody is making so many noise about it. Like, wow, how can this person who is, so, who is lame you know, get healed miraculously. And people believed because of what they saw. And because of that, they, 
they attracted the the the, the you know the, the Pharisees and then the scribes, you know, were angry. They didn't want people to even mention the name Jesus Christ. And they called them to the Sahindrin. And 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 here they told Peter and, 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 and John not to even mention about Jesus Christ anymore, not to even witness about you know God anymore, not to even tell anybody about Jesus. And then he said that Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, Rulers and elders of of the people, if you are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the kind of stone. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. So you see, even though people were afraid, even though at the time you dare not mention the name of Jesus Christ, the Bible said that, but Peter filled with the Holy Ghost. Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. So for us to be really effective witnesses of, of God, we need the Holy Spirit. We, we need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We always need to crave for the, the presence of the Spirit of God. That makes us effective. It, it takes away fear. It takes away intimidation. It takes away our, our inabilities. And it brings out the power of God at work in us. God uses us as tools to minister the gospel. So here we see the Holy Spirit, you know, taking away fear and emboldening Peter and John to talk about Jesus Christ. To talk about Jesus Christ. And when, when you read down there, the Bible says that the they told them that they should not even mention the name of Jesus again. So in the verse 31 of the chapter 4, the Bible says that, and when they went, they told their brothers about what had happened. You know, and, and, and they were scared. But the Bible says that, and when they, hold, they stood together, and after they prayed, the place where they were, they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So without the Holy Spirit, we cannot be effective witnesses of God. We will always be intimidated. We will always fear. We will always think we do not carry the word. We cannot be able to fulfill this mandate, this great commission that God has given to us. And that is why every time Paul was always admonishing the church to pray for him. He always says that, pray for me that I also receive utterance, you know, Pray for me that I also be able to speak the word of God with boldness. He was saying that I pray that the Holy Spirit will empower me. That any time I stand, I'll be able to minister and witness about God. I remember, you know, back in, in, in high school, you know, in Ghana, in Ghana, there is a lot of, like, rivalry in the high schools. I see it more in, in colleges here in the U.S. In Ghana, the rivalry in, in the high schools is very, like, tough. Every school wants to show that they are like the best school and all that. And, and I remember, I know, I know um, um, Levi and, and Sheila and Sylvia would argue, but my, my, my high school is the best in Ghana, you know. Yeah, it's the, it's the, best, it's the best school in Ghana. So, yeah, and, and we wear, for, for in Ghana, we wear school uniforms. We wear like ATA, so every high school has a particular, like, attire, you know. And so when you see someone walking outside, you look at the uniform the person is wearing, you can tell that, oh, this person is from 
this school, this person is from that school. So I remember back in high school, you know, we started to share the word of God. Like sometimes when there is free, free times or free periods, we can go to a class and then just ask them for, you know, some few minutes and then we share the gospel and all that. So there was one time we were supposed to go to one other secondary school. We, we had a slot there to, to minister the word of God in their scripture union. So we have something called SU. So it's a student union, like believers made together, and then we share the word of God. So we're teenagers, um, and in fact, I was, I was afraid. I didn't even know what to say. You know, leaving my school, joining a couple of other believing you know, friends from my school who were far more matured spiritually than me. We went to this school, and then we were supposed to minister like the word of God. And, and, and for, for my school, in Ghana, we have grade A high school. So my school was a grade A high school. You have to get there based on merit, like high academic merit. So when people see you, they give you some kind of respect. When people see you in town, they see your uniform, they know that, oh, this guy is like a brilliant guy. And even the other schools who are like grade C schools also look up to us. So we from our school going to that school, which was more or less like a grade C school, they were looking up to us. And, you know, we ministered the word of God. So two friends first spoke about the word and all that. And it was my turn. And I didn't know what to say. And I was just asking God. And one word dropped in my heart. One testimony I have about coming into Christ is how Jesus actually changed my academic life. You know, all those who knew me from um, elementary school knew I was an average student. But from middle school upwards, there was this big transformation in my life. It, it, it beats the imagination of my parents. It beats the imagination of all friends I have known. How I became serious with God. And I, I asked God to change, change my academic life. And he just spared me from average to like exceptional. So everywhere I've been from middle school onwards, God has changed my life in a way, academically. And for that school, because people are like admitted based on merit, we have really bad schools. So it's like based on your grades, they push all these people to this high school. And this, was, this high school we visited was one of those high schools. Like all the people there were like low-level students. And most of them, you know, looked down on themselves. They, they saw us to be like exceptional students. They had low self-esteem. And God just dropped in my heart that use this your testimony to tell them that God can change your life around. And, and I don't know, all of a sudden I just began to, I began to talk about how I was, I was not, when I didn't know Christ, how I used to be. And when I came into Christ, how God changed me for me to even make it to that high school I was in. And that day, so many people were touched. So many people came to believe in Jesus Christ. So many people accepted God. They knew that it is not just enough, you know, to come into Christ. But when you come into Christ, he has greater things for you. He, has, he can change your life around. And it was like an inspiration to so many people. And, and, and that is the work of the Holy Spirit. When you do not know what to say, he actually gives you a word to tell people. And so many people were touched. So many people were inspired. And, and, and that, is how, that is how the Holy Spirit uses us. When we avail ourselves to him, he, he uses us in a special way. He expounds his word to us in a different way so we can also reach out to others. 
So, so, so it may be the person you work with. It may be, you know, that 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 farmer you met at the at the at the farmer's market. It may be, it may be a relative who does not know Christ. Anytime we avail ourselves to the Holy Spirit, He uses us in a special way to witness Christ to people. So, one thing you should understand is that. We carry a mandate as children of God. It is not only for the clergy. It's not for Pastor Dave, Mama Jeannie, or Pastor Randin. Everyone who has been brought into the fold has been called to be a witness. And if we can indeed be a witness, we need to, you know, allow the Spirit of God to always lead us. The Spirit of God to always be ahead of us. Always ask Him, what does He want us to say? Who does He want us to reach, to, reach out to? Sometimes he himself even gives you the opportunity to reach out to others. You know, when the, when the angel of the Lord told Philip to, to move down south Jerusalem, and then he did. And then the Holy Spirit, Bible said that the Holy Spirit told him that he should go to a chariot. And when he went there, there was this um, Ethiopian Enoch who was reading about Isaiah. You know, and he asked him, do you understand what you are reading about? He said, no, how can I understand? You know, the Holy Spirit moved him into that place to teach him and minister Christ to him. And after he showed him everything, there was a, a pool of water there. It was the, Egypt, the Ethiopian, you know, who availed himself and said that, what prevents me from being baptized? So the Holy Spirit strengthens us. He gives us the grace to be effective witnesses. And he also gives us the opportunity to minister. You know, he wants the word of, word of God to reach out to everyone. But he can direct you to the person to speak to. He can direct you to the person to minister to. And I believe that as we avail ourselves with the Holy Spirit, He will help us to be able to fulfill this mandate as witnesses. So to this morning, may the Lord really bless us. May the Lord strengthen us. May the Holy Spirit equip us and empower us. And may He grant us the grace to, to, to take away every fear so we avail ourselves for the Master's use as effective witnesses of God. May the Lord bless us for this Bible study. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.